no one expected the Spanish Inquisition. Before we dive into the Spanish Inquisition, we have to understand what was happening in the world at that time. Well, did you miss us last week? Our family was on vacation and we definitely had a fantastic time. One of the things we did on vacation was listen to podcasts during the drive. And I have to tell you about this amazing podcast I discovered called Revived Thoughts. Each episode tells the story of a great preacher and then you get to hear a recreation of the sermons of that great preacher. And I especially liked the one on Spurgeon. If you like this podcast, you're probably going to like that podcast as well. And I'm going to leave a link to that in the show notes. All right, today's episode. March 30th, 1432. A slave girl gives birth to a little boy. He's the son of the Sultan and the leader of the Ottoman Empire. The boy's name is Mehmed. He has four older brothers. We don't know much about his childhood. However, at age 12, his father abdicates the throne, and his father puts Mehmed on the throne. At age 12, he is suddenly a child sultan. Now, three men meet to discuss this new child sultan. The king of Hungary, the pope, the Byzantine emperor, and the leader of Venice. All decided it's a perfect time to have a crusade against the Ottoman Empire. The crusaders come. They surround and siege the city. The Ottomans are very concerned. It's obvious that their enemies are going to take advantage of this child sultan. They beg Mahmoud's father to return to the throne. He realizes his son is not ready for a crusade, and he returns to take back the throne. The Ottomans then free the city, and the crusaders realize they now have an adult to deal with, so they leave. Mahmoud didn't want to be a failure again. He began to learn about war and did what he had to do to become the greatest warrior the world had ever seen. He is no longer a 12-year-old boy. He was now 18, spoke four languages fluently, had studied science, art, and history. He knows the culture, language, and history of the empires around him. And he has one goal, to conquer Christian Europe. February 18, 1451, Mahmoud was on the throne for the second time. Mahmoud had one thing in mind. He would take Constantinople. If you've been listening to all the episodes, you've heard of Constantinople. Let's just go back and take a quick look. We have to go all the way back to Constantine. He was the first Roman emperor who claimed Christianity and brought Christians into the power seats of Rome. Constantine expanded the territory of the Byzantine and divided it into 14 sections and built a large wall around the city. He then offered land to noblemen and soon the city was the place the most elite wanted to live. He built a new capital and had great statues of Alexander the Great and Julius Caesar. By 330 AD, Constantine was the greatest city in the world, and it was a Christian city, ruled by Roman law. The language was Greek. For the next 1,100 years, the Byzantine capital stayed strong. While Rome fell, Constantinople remained, and the Great Wall was the reason. When the city was hit with earthquakes in the mid-5th century, a second wall was built around the city, making the city doubly strong. 
the city was known for its chariot races, parades, and other public events. The dome where people would come to see these events could see 100,000 people. It was here that the church councils took place, such as Constantinople Council in 381, that confirmed the Council of Nicaea. These were the two most important councils in church history. In 1054, the church divided into Roman and Eastern divisions. The Pope was in Rome, and the head of the Eastern Church was in Constantinople. Then the Crusades came, and in 1204, the Christians, on their way to free Jerusalem, ended up conquering Constantinople, and left the walls and the city damaged to the point where it was much easier to be conquered. And so here's where we are. The city seemed undefeatable, but Mahmud believed he could do it. Mahmud surrounded the city, and after 55 days of constant attack, he broke through the walls and led the army into the city. Constantinople was now in Muslim rule. It was May 29, 1453. Mahmud was suddenly seen as the greatest leader in the Islamic world. He soon went on to conquer more areas. Mahmud rode his horse through the city, all the way to the cathedral. It was, at this time, the largest cathedral in the world, and he turned it into a mosque. This was the first of many. He continued the transformation of churches into mosques, and spared only the Church of the Holy Apostles. He forced Christians to convert or pay a tax or be killed. Remember, Mahmud had studied history. He knew that Constantinople was what was left of the great Roman Empire, and after conquering it, he named himself Caesar of Rome. He said that by taking Constantinople, he had the right to all the land that fell under Rome. For the next 30 years, Mahmud would war against the surrounding countries, with one goal, to take Rome. His army would shout, Rome, 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 as they marched. The rest of Christian Europe was shocked at the fall of the great Constantinople, and they were also afraid. Gutenberg, who had created the printing press and was printing Bibles for people to read, started to print another book. It was a call for a crusade. He spoke of the growth of the Muslim Empire, and he knew if they were not stopped, all of Christian Europe would be gone. But people were not willing to enter another crusade. Too many times they had been told they were leaving to fight a great holy war, only to find themselves being used by emperors to grow their power. So, there was no crusade, even though this was one time a crusade was actually really needed. Mehmed continued to conquer lands, executed hundreds of thousands of men. Some were burned alive, some impaled, most beheaded. After conquering one town, he killed every single male over the age of 10. He entered the cathedral and killed the bishop on the altar before turning the church into a mosque. The boys under 10 and the women and children were taken as slaves. The Ottoman Empire was known for its sex harms. Women and children were forced to live here and were kept as sex slaves. While sex slavery was common across all of the Muslim caliphates, it was most common in the Ottoman Empire. In these harams, the black slaves were used as sex slaves and the white slaves were used as administrators. But even worse is what happened to the little boys. They were turned into Janissaries. They were taken from their families and forced into Islam. 
Once removed from their families, the little boys were castrated, and if they survived this, they were turned into warriors and were used in the military to fight against Christian nations. This means the Christian nations were forced to fight and kill boys and men that they knew had been taken as children and brainwashed into fighting machines. The slave trade was the most lucrative part of Mahmud's conquering of Christian cities. I'm going to leave a link to a video that talks about the history of Islam and slavery and Arab slave trade in the show notes. I would highly suggest listening to it. In 1469, less than 20 years after the fall of Constantinople, a marriage was taking place. Isabella I and Ferdinand II. Their marriage would unify Spain. They changed the entire government structure and found ways to pay off the debt that Isabella's brother had left after his time on the throne. They also decided to make Spain a great nation, and they said to do that it would have to be a Christian nation. The day of their wedding, large crowds of Christians gathered. They saw the marriage as hope. Their nation would be the new Constantinople. It would be a great Christian nation, where Christians could live without fear and with hope of the future. At the wedding was a young man named Christopher. He had dreams, big dreams. He had met with a map maker who had this theory that would change everything. We're going to talk more about Christopher in an upcoming episode. But not everyone was happy with this marriage. There was a large Muslim community in Spain. They had lived there for many years and had ruled the area themselves. Many felt no ties to Islam and converted to Christianity in order to be saved. However, people didn't really think the conversions were real. Isabella and Ferdinand advisors met with them. What if they were attacked from the inside? What if they had a large group that was loyal to the Ottoman Empire instead of to the throne? The fear was growing. And that is how the second era of Inquisition started, the Spanish Inquisition. But you're going to have to return next time to hear that. Meanwhile, Mahmoud was getting closer to Rome and it looked to everyone that he was unstoppable. Every city fell to him. It was just a matter of time before all of Italy was under Ottoman rule. Then suddenly, Mahmoud died. Some say he was poisoned, some say he got sick. Others say God stopped him before all of Christian Europe was gone. Either way, he was dead. But by the time of his death, the Ottoman Empire had become the most feared empire of its time, and it would remain a dominating empire until the end of World War I. So, next week we're going to look at the Spanish Inquisition. But until then, for more blogs, podcasts, and videos, visit laureliesiemens.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review, and tell a friend about it. See you next week.